Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It's uh, good to be here with you. This, Kath, I think, may be our last chilly day. Please tell me that last that is chilly true. Day. Well, it looks like, you know, for the foreseeable future, we are on the upward trajectory here. Dare I say, 70s and perhaps some 80s are in the offering. Uh, the I offer. would love that. Mm-hmm. I would completely love that. I'm sitting here wrapped in a blanket in my spare room <laughs> in my house, for those of you listening. Nice. This is what it is. I'm Very freezing. Good. Okay. Better that than a pair of shorts, right? And that's going to come soon. But pretty soon, we'll, we'll be happy for a pair of shorts. Now we'll be going. Oh, it's so hot! I'm so sweaty. What am I doing? You know, how we please get. tell me I'm not going to be that person who Probably goes from so. complaining about one thing to complaining about the opposite. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be that person. You want to get on Facebook and Twitter? Make sure you do that there as well. Okay. I try not. <laughs> if I'm going to complain in person, it's a little easier to deal with than complaining on Twitter. It is because then you can't take it back. Exactly. Hey, a friend of mine uh, in the middle of the night. Literally in the middle of the night, my phone was buzzing. And even against my, my self-imposed silencing thing, I forgot to do it. But anyway, he sent me a photo of half of his wall in his house at 4.10 this morning. Half was red, half was newly painted white. And he was all excited saying, he's going to do this project now. He's been meaning to paint this crazy red wall since he yeah. moved into the house more than a decade ago. A decade it's taken him, and now at four ten on a uh, Monday evening, he's sending me photos. That is so good. That is so good. <laughs> Listen, there are a ton of people across America who've decided, and around the world, forget America, all of us, that we don't have to to keep quarantine as Groundhog Day. You know, the beginning of Groundhog Day, where we think, right. "Oh my gosh, it's just the same thing day after day." No. John, there are some of us that are trying to grab the bull by the horns and say, let's go fast forward to what he learned at the end of Groundhog Day, that you can learn French, you can learn the piano, you can save somebody's life from choking, you can, you know, I'm trying to think of all the things he does sure, at the yeah, end of Groundhog yeah, yeah. Day, but we can make the most of the time we have. And if you are one of the ones who are quarantined at home, we want to know what you're doing. Oh, very nice. Okay, so there's some project going on. Now, now are you yourself are you yourself engaged in some well, extracurricular boom, life-changing thing? This is what I did when I woke up this morning. Mm. I woke up, I was kind of trying, you know, coming to consciousness and I thought I'm going to defrost the freezer today. Oh. So what, that's what, what I did. Why do you have to defrost the freezer? Is it well, from like 1954? I, I, I have a, <laughs> you know, I have one of those big, an upright freezer that mm-hmm. is not frost free. And so every six months or so you have really? to defrost it or it, you know, builds up ice mm-hmm. all around yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah, every yeah. freezer used to do. Right. And so I thought, you know, after a while, the space that you are able to use becomes incredibly small <laughs> because of all the ice around it. And you think, why don't I just do this? But right. you have to take everything out and then you have to clean the, ins- you know, it's, it's right. Okay. But so I if you had a t-shirt, if you had a t-shirt, the t-shirt would say, I survived the pandemic. I defrosted the freezer. I Well, if that's the only thing I say, then that's def- pretty sad. <laughs> no. But for this day. You're a live this- radio show. For this day, I feel really good about it. I, I, I do. So, but that's the idea. There was this uh, article that I read a couple of days ago in the Wall Street Journal talking about how you can make the most of lockdown. Talked about people who are doing all sorts of things. Like one guy decided he wanted to learn how to do woodworking. He'd always wanted to do that, right? So he just watched like, you know, 20 YouTube videos and just started out and like made a table. Um, this woman, I got to tell you about, some woman talked about planting her first garden, but- oh. 
I got to tell you about this particular lady here. Uh, Amanda Lomax, uh, she's age 24. And she said this, chess was something I had put off because I thought I wasn't smart enough to play it. Hmm. She's an army finance officer officer. She lives in Tacoma, Washington. But in recent years, she said, she's been changing the way she thinks about her capabilities. And she said, I remember someone told me once, you can do whatever you want. You just have to put your mind to it. So she thought, I'm going to at least try to put my mind to learning chess. So she bought this game that teaches you to play chess, okay, like a, an iPhone game. Oh. Then she watched a bunch of YouTube videos for additional pointers, and she said she really invested five or six serious days into learning what the game was about. Oh, very cool. But, but this is where she landed. She said, all of a sudden last night, I was playing with my husband, and I got really competitive. She said, I realized I'm kind of good. I'm pretty <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> But then, and this is the most important thing, she said, learning something that she used to think she wasn't smart enough to do has given her a confidence boost. There are so many things I want to do, she says. I want to start a business. I want to try to look into small grants. I would really love to get a master's degree. And she says her experience learning chess has helped her to confirm that if she focuses on something, she can really get it. Huh. Isn't well, that's that awesome? really interesting. Yeah, that sure is. Okay. All right. So, okay. so we're curious for those of you who are listening to the radio program and for those of you who are watching on Facebook. And if you've never watched the show on Facebook, you can 101.5 word FM on Facebook or the ride home with John and Kathy. You can watch the show. I'm looking for comments on today's show about if you have taken this to heart, if you think, okay, so I'm at home more than I've been maybe ever since I started working. And if you are at home, is there something that you have said, yes, this is my moment. I am going to paint the red room right, white, right, or right. I'm going to plant the garden, or I'm going to learn to play chess. Another guy profiled in the Wall Street Journal story said that he had decided years ago that if he knew Spanish, his job prospects would greatly increase. Oh. But he just never did it. And he thought, yeah, I should really get it. Finally, he thought, okay, so if I'm going to be home, at least I can increase my chances of getting a better job when this is over. So I'm going hmm. to learn Spanish. So that's what he's been doing for the last two months. Oh, I like it a lot. Okay. Well, I've got nothing like that. I mean, my hope is to put in a small-ish garden. I don't want to go okay. crazy. All like right. some tomato plants, some but basil. Is that, is that something new for you? No, I've done it in years past, but I okay. always kind of go, I'm too busy. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know, June uh, you know, 28th and I go, oh, I messed that up. And then when all the tomatoes become nice and ripe and I go, wish I had my own tomatoes. So I've got no excuse this year. I'm going to okay. do that in some form or okay. another. Great. Yeah. Yourself? Okay. Well, I, I'm kind of with you with the garden. I love to garden and um, I, I really want to invest myself in it. I kind of garden every year. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'm going to be like really thrilled right. with that as like some great thing I've accomplished. But here's the other thing. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can identify with this. We're working from home. So I don't have any free, I don't have additional free time that I didn't have before, except when it comes to commuting. So maybe I have an extra 40 minutes a day or something because I okay. live pretty close to the station. I one don't thing, have a ton of increased time. You know, you got 40 minutes. I, I got one thing for you. What? You could wash your car. Just say, Kath has never washed her car, not once, ever. Not any car she's ever owned. So that, that that's something new. You could always not, you could just wipe that off of your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I washed my car <laughs> once. 
Okay, see, that's a suggestion for improvement that is actually a criticism <laughs> and an no, indictment. It might that's be. Uh, it might be a new joy thing. It. it might be like, you know, Marie Kondo going, oh, that sparked joy in me. Now I'm out there like, you know, detailing my car. I'm out there doing my white walls with a, with a toothbrush. You Listen, never know. Don't blame your perspective on Marie Kondo. Hello, I'm Marie Kondo. Hey, what's up next? Okay, so we're going to take a break. And let me just reiterate, we want to hear from you. So oh, yeah. find us on our Facebook stream. Look for the uh, live stream right now, 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with John and Kathy and weigh in on what you're doing in quarantine. Have you like learned about greek sculpture <laughs> right yeah inspire us please or maybe Let you're me... learning to do calligraphy or mm-hmm. something like that making anyway. homemade pasta it could happen that yeah, sounds sure. very delicious anyway yeah. coming up next our good friend matthew lee anderson lee... <laughs> why can't i talk today what's happening you should be about washing your car matthew, matthew lee, lee anderson, anderson our friend from waco texas we're going to talk about weird christianity we'll find out what that is next 101.5 WORD. You're familiar with those verses that begin with blessed are, known as the Beatitudes. They even show up in political speech and secular media. But what do blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, all those statements, what exactly do they mean and how are they relevant today? Find out as John MacArthur unpacks the Beatitudes on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. So I don't know if you saw this, but there was just this big study about anxiety among us. Really interesting in this study about what can keep us up at night. One of the top stressors out of all the things to worry about is paying for health care. A huge majority of us say we're worried about that. It's totally understandable, but there's an affordable alternative to health insurance. It's MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and it has worked beautifully for more than 25 years. And not only do people save lots of money, they get access to a huge network of doctors. They get to take advantage of 24-7 live access online where they can talk to a doctor and even get prescriptions. And of course, there is the savings. With MediShare, the typical family saves $500 a month. That can help you sleep easier, too. There's a lot to love about it. No wonder it's grown so much. Here is the number to find out more. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Let's welcome Jeremy Kemp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Kemp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? Don't say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate at WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. 
I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Social media, like society, often falls into people gathering who are like-minded, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's uh, something on Twitter, right? You can find, you can find weirdly, you know, like tennis Twitter, right? A bunch of people get together and they, you know, have this thread where they talk about t- tennis. Oh, that's fine. There's something famously called Black Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Black America all gets together and they go, "I'm thinking about this. What do you think about that?" There is also a something which I've heard about but I've never really experienced, which is weird Christianity Twitter, weird Mm -hmm. Christian Twitter. Matthew Lee Anderson is with us. Matthew's a a regular guest on our show. He's founder, lead writer of Mere Orthodoxy. Matthew's also the author of Earthen Vessels, Why Our Bodies Matter to Our Faith, and The End of Exploring, a book about questioning and the, of the confidence of faith. He also has a terrific blog. We'll talk about that as well. But Matthew, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thanks. It's uh, good to be back with you guys and doing well. Thank you. Always good to have you, Matthew. All right, Matthew. So tell me, what is weird Christianity? (laughs) And how weird is it? It's pretty weird. Um, Uh So there was a wonderful article in the New York Times uh, over the weekend by just a phenomenal writer, Tara Isabella Burton, and she explored, her thesis was that the future of Christianity is punk. Uh, there's a, a movement of sort of young Christians who are burnt out on modernity. They're sick of capitalism. They're tired of the barrage of sort of normality. And what they're looking for is a sense of the transcendent, a sense of uh, uh, Christianity that's strange, that embraces the weird parts of the faith, mm-hmm. the parts that are in some ways central, like the resurrection from the dead, <laughs> the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, right? All these things that, that make Christianity a really bizarre thing to, to believe, they're embracing that, and they're doing it in ways that are uh, liturgically, that participate in forms of worship that are also seen very weird to most of our ordinary culture. Um, so that's, that's, that's part of it that's going on. And then they can, like, get together on Twitter and hang out and all talk to each other. And that's the part I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I love this because when you think about it, like you're saying, th- there are many elements, if not most elements of what it is to be a follower of Jesus that are out and out weird. So, you know, especially if you, if you yourself have come to faith as a young adult or an adult, I'm sure there's a, you know, got to be a suspension of disbelief and, you know, to talk to people who are non-believers about it it seems kind of strange in some ways to say things out loud about what the tenets of the faith are. Yeah. I thought about this on Easter, Matthew, when we were, you know, talking about the resurrection with, you know, my husband and my kids. And, you know, we talk about it like we're talking about, you know, anything else like, you know, are we going to paint the porch or are we going to, you know, this is just something that we accept. But, you know, I said, let's take a step back. We're saying that a person was dead for an extended period of time and then was no longer dead. I mean, that's really what we're saying, and that that person then remained alive for a long period of time, for 50 days, you know, and, you know, had parties and showed up and walked through walls and did, like, weird stuff, and then 
disappeared again. I mean, this is a, this is not a normal story. No, no, it's not. And then it gets even weirder because he's coming back, right? He's going to reappear at some point and all those who are dead in Christ will rise. And, you know, it's, it's a very, very strange story. And I think if you frame the, the movement of sort of weird Christians, it is a lot of younger Christians. Um, and I think they're reacting to the, uh, the rise of unaffiliated believers. Um, So we've heard a lot about the nuns in American society, those who are still vaguely religious or spiritual of some sort, but they don't affiliate with any kind of actual religious body. Um, And weird Christians, I think, have some of the same sentiments that the nuns have, but are just fully embracing religious commitments uh, as a way of working out their spiritual lives. Um, It's in some ways reminiscent of you know, a decade ago, we were talking about hips, hipster Christianity. I don't know if you guys remember that book by oh, Freshman Bracken. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a phenomenon and explored the rise of these hipster Christians who were in, engaging, you know, art and all these different forms of life that rising middle class young people were interested in. And this is very much a reprisal of that, except more urban, sort of more intellectually oriented than uh, the hipster Christians were. Okay. So let me, since you brought up the word intellectual, um, weird Christianity, is it the opposite uh, pole than apologetics? I don't know that I would put it on the same spectrum, honestly. It's more of an, it's more of an aesthetic than anything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're okay, really interested in okay. embracing, you know, the liturgical dimensions. And that aesthetic is, it's not necessarily ordered towards converting others like, like the kind of apologetics world is. It's really ordered towards just encapsulating or capturing for people's own lives the sense of mystery, the sense of transcendent, yeah. all, mm-hmm. the, all the sense of the sort of robust spiritual life that modernity and life in our sort of ordinary communities tends to beat out of us. Yeah. Right. And I like this a lot. Um, so I, full confession, I am old enough to have grown up uh, as a blue collar Catholic in a working mill town. And I remember going to mass and the mass was in Latin and the priest stood the entire time with his back to us. And that was just how mass was. And then all of a sudden, you know, as a a younger kid, the priest turned around and they started to speak English. And that to me was weird. So I I see the, you know, people going back to the weird Uh mass or weird Christianity of the things. And I think, okay, it's kind of come full circle. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, as, as Burton points out, Attendance at Latin masses has doubled in many places. Um, you know, I live here in Waco, Texas, and there's a Latin mass community, and it's just exploding, and, and it's um, full of a lot of college students who are very interested in having as weird an experience as possible when they go to worship God, because in one sense, like, God is very, like, outside of our ordinary categories, right? That's the first thing that we say about God, that he is uh, uh, above and beyond our mm-hmm. ability to apprehend him. He's transcendent. And from that respect, a, a, something like a Latin mass makes you feel like you're encountering that transcendent being in a way that, you know, having a screen might, might not make you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. 
Matthew Lee Anderson is with us. We're talking about uh, weird Christianity. Now, here, I think from the very beginning, people who believed in God were weird. I mean, it's not like this is a new thing that's just, you know, come across, come upon us just as a response to modernity. This, I mean, it's always been super odd. I mean, how many weird stories can you think of? Like the Samson, like that's super weird. How about Noah? That's really weird. Yeah. Jonah in the whale. I mean, come yeah, on. That's weird. Like it's, it's a long list. Yeah. Balaam talked to yeah. his donkey. It's weird. I mean, it's just one weird story after another. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, one of the things that I think as, as my friend, Jake Meter pointed out at Mirror Orthodoxy today. Um, one of the things that I think the article downplays is Christianity's sexual ethic. I think when we when we look at mm. the source of weirdness for Christians these days, aesthetics only gets you so far. G.K. Chesterton in his book Orthodoxy is is it, Orthodoxy is a kind of aesthetic defense of the Christian faith, but it's a defense that actually critiques aesthetics as the basis of faith. Um, and I think that's the right approach to this. Aesthetics are important, right? The, uh, the sort of experience of worship and so on, they get you, like, the, you have to have them, but they don't do everything for you. And there is a dimension of, it kind of doesn't matter how aesthetically sensitive your worship is, if you think that, say, I don't know, to pick an issue, uh, gay people shouldn't get married, um, it doesn't matter, right? You're still going to be ostracized. And so from my standpoint, there is a kind of weird Christianity that we all participate in, even if we're not a part of this movement, simply by virtue of holding on to certain truths mm-hmm. that uh, are very, very unpopular these days. Well, right. That's fascinating. Right. Okay, so then... So now that you defined it and you've drilled down into it very well, and that's a terrific example, I think for all people, we probably would all benefit if we would embrace some aspect of weird Christianity. To be honest, you know, now that everyone, Matthew, is streaming their services, um, I've taken uh, on a regular time on Sunday morning to go and, and visit a lot of different services. And of course, it's on, you know, it's on your laptop, so it's a little totally different, but you get a real snapshot of what Christianity good, bad, or otherwise, looks like in America by seeing everyone's live streaming services. And I love it. And believe me, a lot of them are super, super weird. Yeah, I think that's a great practice. And I think you're absolutely right. We should embrace certain aspects of the faith that seem weird. If we think about the problem that they're trying to address, right? The problem is something like our world has so many images it has so much sound, it has so many things happening all the time that it leaves no room for uh, the spiritual life to really take hold and for creativity to rise up within us. We're, we're just mm-hmm. constantly assaulted by sounds and the like. And if you start there, then you think, well, I need some practices of resistance to that. I need some way of forming myself and, and of making space within my life to experience and encounter God. Uh, and that might look differently, right? Like it, it might require sort of changing our environment in which we pray. Uh, I've written at length about it, how it might uh, require changing our posture when we pray, undertaking really deliberate practices that feel very strange and feel very odd mm-hmm. because they're not the sort of things that we would do in any other part of our life, right? We would mm-hmm. kneel 
when we pray, which is not a posture that, that we just fall, <laughs> fall into on a regular basis, unless we're very clumsy, in which case, you know, that's a separate problem. Um, but, you know, we, we do need those, those practices, I think. That's good. Mm-hmm. Matthew Lee Anderson. Matthew, thanks. Thanks, guys. It's good to talk with you. Yeah, it's always good to talk to you. Um, hey, talk for a second about your blog. Uh, you know, uh, you've been writing there. It's a, it's a different tone in this kind of conversation. Um, you really go down deeper into some uh, really fascinating subjects. We, we do, yeah. Mirathoxy, it's a place where um, we try to provide long-form, insightful commentary, both on sort of things that are in the news, but also things that have been overlooked and uh, are just parts of culture that are important. So we had a really great essay, just shout out to a really wonderful essay on children's literature uh, over the last month that I think was one of the best things that we've ever published, where we, we sort of examine um, what's happening in children's books and reflect on its significance theologically. Cool. What's the address? How do people find you, Matthew? Uh, com is the name of the website. Very nice. Matthew, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us as part of the show. Yeah, totally my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You as well. Matthew Lee Anderson, founder, lead writer of Mere Orthodoxy. We first found Matthew many, many years ago, uh, the author of Earth and Vessels, Why Our Bodies Matter to Our Faith. Yeah, he was living in break. England then, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and look, He was trying to act like upper crust, you know, like, you know, <laughs> one of those Oxford elites. We had to hey. bring him back here and deposit him in Texas and bring oh him back gosh. down to earth. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the MLB next. Will baseball be here at the beginning of July? Whether you need a car now or plan to buy someday soon, Cars.com has nearly 2 million cars ready for home delivery. Set up virtual appointments with local dealers to tour your favorites. Save the car you want. Click to buy when ready. Find your match on Cars.com. We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsorouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, windowsorouspittsburgh.com. That's windowsorouspittsburgh.com. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the Way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow Tiles, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet Covers, Giza Pillowcase, Bolster Pillows, and Neck Pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get 
free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code WORD. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you are someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. Visit MatchingDonors.com or call 601-402-9138. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Becoming clear and cold tonight, low 35. Sunshine tomorrow, not as cool in the afternoon, high 61. Tomorrow night, increasing cloudiness, low 44. Thursday, rather cloudy with a few showers. It will be milder, high Thursday, 70. Friday, cloudy with a couple of showers, high 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. I don't know. If I don't see a real sporting event soon, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, I miss sports so much more than I ever thought I would miss sports. Really? I mean, I've always... I'm always a big sports fan, but I'm I, I'm surprised at myself. The, really, see, I'm surprised that I don't I'm not don't have some big longing. Really? Yeah. Oh my I'm gosh! Okay I want to see a baseball game like it's my whole job. Really? Now, yeah. when you go by, like you know, you're looking at channels, and I see you know they're playing reruns of old baseball games. Yeah, you don't watch any of that. No, I've I've zero interest. I don't understand. You are the Mister Historical Baseball. Yeah, I have zero. I just uh, I just kind of go meh. No. Now, once they start to play again, if they do start to play again, I'll be—I'll love to watch some baseball. But it's okay. not like I'm going. Oh, gee, you know, my I'm, my heart's breaking. Okay, well, they're counting on people to be more like me than you. I'll tell you that—the <laughs> people who are in charge of Major League Baseball—and that's what they're trying to figure out right now. If they come back, what would it look like? They've got a proposal that I kind of like that I think would work. It would start at the beginning of July, and it would be an eighty-game season, which I think is fine. Sure, I would be very happy with an eighty. I mean. I think less than 40, I wouldn't be real good. With, really but I think 80 is fine. You know, we're used to, a, you know, 162, but okay. You know, these are extraordinary times. Um, but here's the thing. They, because the owners released the proposal and because they're already saying that they're getting pushback from the players, that there's this type of, you know, uh, big Rams fighting in the wild thing that they've got going on. And that I promise you is going to play badly with the American public. I mean, I understand that there are issues at play and I think there are significant issues at play. I mean, the, the players union already agreed that they're only going to be paid for the number of games that they play. So they already took a 50% pay cut, right? Well, now that MLB management found out that there probably aren't going to be any people in the stands, they're asking them to take another 40% cut. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a 90% cut yeah. for what you were expecting. That's a pretty big deal. So I recognize that on the player's end, that that's a, that you'd think, wait a minute, we got to, this has to be more equitable than that. However, 
if the average salary in Major League Baseball, which I think is somewhere around $4 million, yeah. right? If that $4 million player is complaining on Twitter about the bad union deal that they're mm-hmm. getting from no. the baseball owners, <laughs> no. some dude who works you know, in Clareton is going to say, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. Well, people working the Giant Eagle, right? People on the front lines, the doctors, the nurses, everybody else who's out there working. So my hope is it feels as though Major League Baseball is ruled by, you know, this big collective thing of all the owners. And then on the other side are the agents themselves who really are the ones who who are representing the players, the drink, Mm -hmm. the sports agents. Right. So time is short. You would hope that they would set greed aside and do what is right for the common good of the country. So something like sports fans can rejoice and go, we've got something to look forward to. Right. So that's what we all need to hope for is that that happens, that the cooler heads prevail. And I really think they would be better served if they would find a way to talk about it and resolve it quickly away from us so yeah. that the, the next time i hear about this i hear about look we've agreed on something the players union and us and we're going to do it as yeah. opposed to oh you know that i all of a sudden as someone who knows nothing about the inner workings of baseball and i'm just a fan know like who's mad at who and you know mike trout tweeted this and you know i'm and i'm not going to do that and now the you know the head of the uh players union is going to be mad at this and then the owners i don't want to know all that Right. My hope is too. I mean, I don't want to know anything Rob Manfred thinks until I hear him say that it's done. Well, there's so many moving parts to this as well. How do you take care of the player safety and then by association, the wives and the kids of the players? What does that look like? What does travel look like? And of course, you know, always at the bottom of the barrel are the pirates who will be in the same division with the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Mets. So basically we'll be a punching bag for 82 games. And that's just what we're used to anyway. And we're playing with the DH. Did you know that? Yeah. We're going to be playing with the DH. Well, that'll help us tremendously. (laughs) Bucks. There goes the season. Anything's going to help us tremendously. Win the World Series on the strength of our DH. Very, very sad. So uh, hopefully sometime soon we get some sports to look forward to. What about uh, hockey? Is hockey just totally gone? Well, they haven't announced that they're gone, but Mike, can you think of any way that they're going to play hockey at this point? I mean. No Stanley Cup. Right? I mean, it's just, there's it's just no, I can't imagine dead. any way that that's going to happen. That's a shame because the Pens had a great team. They could have won that thing, right? Anyway. Okay. Let's take a break. With the, same with the NBA, by the way. Mm, yeah. yeah. Have you watched the Michael Jordan documentary? No, but I really want to. I do too. I can't find anybody in my family who's, who wants to watch it with me, which is oh. why I haven't watched it. And there's only one television, so we have to love right. each other. It's like seven episodes <laughs> so, so far, right? Yeah. What's, is it on HBO? No, it's ESPN, I believe. Okay. I, I really need I really tells need you to how watch far it. away I am. Yeah, no. yeah. All right, anyway. All right, we'll take a break, come back. Uh Supreme Court. Yep. Uh, yesterday, some fascinating discussions about religious freedom and who is a minister. Are you a minister? Am I a minister? That's next. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Wondering how can God be good in the midst of the coronavirus suffering? Grab a free download of the new book, Coronavirus and Christ, from Family Life Today. Author John Piper writes, My aim is to show why God in Christ is the rock in this pandemic of the coronavirus and what it is like to stand on his mighty love. Get John Piper's Coronavirus and Christ ebook free. Download it now at wordfm.com slash download. Maybe you can relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. The great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called 
MediShare, and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So yes, they can help share your needs too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. MediShare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need. Featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade, EPA-registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. The man, the yellow man, called Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. Looking for a new job? Coast to Coast Career Fairs and Word FM are hosting a free virtual job fair Wednesday through Friday, May 20th through the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Attend this virtual job fair from anywhere online. It's free for job seekers and open to the public. Connect virtually with dozens of good employers who are hiring in the Pittsburgh area. Virtual interviews available for a variety of positions. Wednesday, May 20th to Friday, May 22nd. Pre-register at c2cjobfairs.com. c2cjobfairs.com. Sponsored by Word FM. In these COVID times that we live in, things are so upside down, and they all seem to be fascinating. Take the Supreme Court. Um, for the first time ever, you were able to see or you're able to hear Supreme Court arguments. You're able to hear all the justices gather together and in real time express their opinions about a case that is before them. Now, a case that happened yesterday or, or arguments for a case, we're talking specifically about who is a minister. And with that, many other myriad questions, what is a minister? How does that work in the church today? And if you're a minister, then are you beholden to certain entities that could hire you or fire you? Well, from Alliance Defending Freedom, John Bursch is with us. John is vice president of Appellate Advocacy and senior counsel with ADF. John has argued 11 U.S. Supreme Court cases since 2011. He has the sixth highest win rate among all lawyers with four or more five Supreme, five to four Supreme Court decisions since the 2005 term. Here today to talk to us about Our Lady of Guadalupe School versus Morrissey Baru. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me today. Our pleasure. Thank you. 
Yeah, we're happy to have you, especially because we need some help to kind of wade through the legalese and understand exactly what's at stake. Um, So we understand that the cases are about when religious leaders can defy state or federal laws banning discrimination. But of course, we don't understand why, at least I don't understand why a minister should be exempt from uh, discrimination laws. So tell us, sketch out the uh, particular things about this case. Absolutely. Well, we, we have in federal law a number of prohibitions on things that employers cannot do, and we're all generally familiar with those. You can't discriminate against someone in employment because of their race or their ethnicity or because of their sex and things of that nature. Uh, but the courts have long recognized, and the Supreme Court uh, recently did too, that there's a so-called ministerial exception to those employment laws. And if you think about it in its most basic form, uh, think about a Catholic church. Catholic churches have only priests who are men. They don't hire women. And so if the Catholic church could be sued because they weren't hiring women as priests, then there would be all kinds of entanglement between the federal sure. courts and the religious beliefs of the Catholic church. So that, that's the easy case. The question then uh, gets harder, and that's what comes down to these uh, pair of cases here, um, is what other employees are so much like a priest or a minister in the way that they pass on faith principles and things like that, that they should also be considered for this exemption, such that the federal courts and the federal government are not deciding who the best people are for religious schools to hire, for example, but that the schools get to decide that. I see. So, John, tell, tell us the case then before the Supreme Court, because it peels back a lot of different layers of the things you just described. Yeah, and actually it's a pair of cases. Uh, the first one involves Our Lady of Guadalupe School, as you mentioned. The companion case is St. James School. And in both cases, it involves teachers in Catholic schools. Uh, they both claim that they were discriminated against. One claims that it was because of an illness. The other one claims that it was because of age. Uh, The Catholic schools deny that those were the actual reasons that they were fired, but they told the federal trial court that you don't even need to get into any of that. There doesn't need to be discovery in a trial because teachers in a Catholic school are ministers. Uh, In fact, these particular teachers both had very similar job descriptions. They took kids to mass. They led the children in prayer in the classroom. They taught religion to them. They were trained as catechists, kind of all the hallmarks of what you would have for being a minister. Uh, But the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which as you and your listeners probably know, is no friend to religious liberty and and religious institutions, said that because these teachers spent more time teaching things like math and science than they did leading the kids in religious instruction, they didn't qualify. And so that's what the U.S. Supreme Court is going to decide. I see. Okay. So then yesterday, what did that look like to you? Did you have an opportunity to listen to the arguments themselves? I did, and uh, the court was divided, as you might expect on something like this. Mm -hmm. Now, before I I comment on that, I want to note that when the question was presented to the justices of whether the federal courts generally should recognize a ministerial exception to our employment laws, the court ruled 9-0 unanimously in favor of recognizing this doctrine. Um, So they all appreciate at some level that the federal government and federal courts should not be supervising HR decisions for religious schools. So that's kind of the the basic premise. But then they they kind of fall all over the map as to how that should play out. 
So, for example, Justice Ginsburg, Justice Breyer, Justice Sotomayor were very critical of applying the doctrine to Christian school teachers. Um, they wanted to make the exception as limited as possible to people who are actually called ministers, have been trained as ministers, and function primarily as ministers. Um, there were some other justices, uh, kind of more in the middle, I would put, uh, Justice Alito, Justice Kagan in this camp, um, where they appreciated that uh, religious school teachers could qualify for this ex exception, um, but it was difficult to decide how that line should be drawn. And then there were a couple of justices, including Chief Justice Roberts, as well as Justice Gorsuch, who were basically suggesting in their questions that we should just defer to the church, that if the church considers what these teachers decide. to be doing to be a religious function, then that should be enough, and the court shouldn't guess that. Right, right. Because the church would know better than the court anyway about what the function is, and they understand what their polity is in an organization. Exactly, and that's where I land on this, because uh, you can't just refer to the title of someone, because different denominations might have different titles for different people. You have to look at what the church considers to be a religious function. And when you've got a, a church no matter the denomination that considers a teacher in a school to be a minister because they are passing on the faith in very important ways, we don't want court second-guessing that. After all, the whole idea of free exercise and the Establishment Clause is to keep the government out of religious organizations and the way that they run things. And right. nothing would be more intrusive than a federal court taking testimony and then making its own decision about whether a teacher is religious enough to qualify for an exemption like right. this. I see. Right. Okay. John, so but... Then well, so then, John, Johnny, go ahead, John. <laughs> then can you take it to the extreme then? I mean, because if this, whatever the precedent, precedent is in this case, then at some point, someone could say to you, well, John, you're a lawyer, and oftentimes you represent legal entities, or religious entities, and the ride home with John and Kathy, well, they must be ministers as well, because they talk about Jesus, they, they talk, and they, they, people learn something from there that has minister applications. So then all of a sudden, anybody connected with the church, or in talking about religion in some way could have a ministerial application. Well, that's certainly the other side's argument, that somehow this could be pushed too far. Um, I think there's going to be some instances where it's just so clearly bad faith that a, a court wouldn't necessarily have to accept it. So, for example, if you had a janitor at a school and their job description instructs them not to interact with any students, um, it would be very difficult for that school to claim that that janitor was a minister. Uh, at least in any sense that any court would recognize. Um, in addition, I think we need to rely, uh, in some part, too, on the good faith of religious organizations, um, that they are not going to take advantage of the situation. Now, right. keep in mind, when we're talking about uh, a, a radio program or even Alliance Defending Freedom, a public interest law firm, because we are not church entities, we're not going to get the benefit of that. So we're only talking about seminaries and schools and um, church-sponsored adoption agencies or legal aid clinics and things like that. And we should be able to trust that these folks who, um, you know, follow God, follow the Bible faithfully, are not going to go to court and lie about the right. role that a particular person has in their organization. So yeah. those concerns are really things that those who don't want religious organizations to have these types of exemptions advance to try to persuade courts not to go there. But ultimately, it, it comes down to entanglement between courts and religious groups as to who is religious enough. 
I see. Yeah, and John, I mean, not being an attorney, just the the one danger I can see, and we we saw this in Pennsylvania over the last five, we've seen it in Pennsylvania over the last 50 years, but the grand jury report only came out a couple years ago, um, that when the church doesn't act in good faith, um, and so, you know, there have been people who were victimized by the church, whether it's people who were attending the church or people that worked at the church. And so I'm sure that the other legal argument is, well, what about if someone is working at a church and is somehow victimized? Are they not eligible for some type of, you know, recompense? Sure. Well, to begin, uh, this exception that we're talking about, the ministerial exception, only implies in employment discrimination. So it's not a shield to liability across the board for okay. churches. Okay. Um, it, it's only so, in this very narrow okay. situation. So okay. then, John, as a court watcher, um, I guess it's to, to be determined later. What was your take and what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think ultimately that uh, at least a majority of the justices, maybe even more than that, uh, will conclude that these two teachers uh, were ministers for purposes of the Catholic Church and the Catholic schools where they worked. Um, It was fuzzy to me based on the questions and answers what that test might look like that they adopt, but I suspect it will have some level of deference like the Chief Justice and Justice Gorsuch suggested there should be, uh, just because we don't want courts running or, or even enmeshing themselves in these kinds of interchurch disputes. Um, but we'll know by the end of June. Uh, the court is always very good about getting out opinions in all the cases that are argued in a particular term by their summer recess, which is June 30th. Uh, so very shortly we should know whether this will be yet uh, another domino in the uh, string that we're trying to build to uphold the rights of religious organizations to pursue their beliefs in the public square. Very good. John Birch from Alliance Defending Freedom. Look online at adflegal.org, Alliance Defending Freedom. Hey, John, uh, just a minute or so left with our time. But I, I wonder, as you listen to the uh, what happens in Supreme Court Live and having argued before the Supreme Court, is this like super geek out for you? Is this super insider baseball that you just love? Oh, it's incredible. Um, having argued 12 cases, all in environments where there's no live audio, no live video, anything like that, to have the opportunity to be sitting in my office and listening to the arguments in real time has been very exciting. Um, and I, I think it's been good for the public, too, to just get that window into what the court is doing. Um, and, and it's such a good thing for everyone to have the opportunity to either watch in person or listen to on these radio streams, um, because it'll give you a sense of how seriously the justices take their jobs and what a difference elections make as to who's on the court and um, which justices will be willing to uphold the rights of uh, religious folks everywhere. Fabulous. Well, John, thanks enough a lot. Listen, uh, we, we certainly love the work that ADF does, Alliance Defending Freedom, and your advocacy for religious rights for all of us around the United States and the world. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you. Have a great day. Our- you as well. John Birch from Alliance Defending Freedom. As I said, look for Alliance Defending Freedom, adflegal.org on the web. You've already been lied to. You've already paid a ton of money to someone who did lie to you. And it's hard to come to someone like me and say, Ariel, I trust that you're going to do what's right for me. This is Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group, the timeshare cancellation expert. We're not just here to cancel your timeshare completely. We're here to provide you with the best customer service of your life. I deal with clients from all walks of life. I actually have a client right now who is an attorney. I have doctors. 
they were still taken advantage of. And it's not just the mom and pop, it's everybody faces this. They've been lied to. They are nervous. They're scared. But we're going to get you out of this. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. My name is Ariel. I'm a resolution specialist at Wesley Financial Group. Call now for your free timeshare cancellation kit. 800-619-3377. 800-619-3377. 800-619-3377. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950, Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Almost caught me folding some laundry there during the break. Wow, I would like to see that. (laughs) When I married my wife, she came with her Melita coffee filters Hmm. and the little cones that the filters fit in. Sure. So for decades, we've been enjoying enjoying our cup of coffee the way that she likes it, which is there's this little plastic cone. You put the Melita filter inside, scoop out three fresh grounds of French roast, Mm -hmm. and then pour your boiling water on top of that. You're good to go. And then the filter gets all wet and funky, and then you just throw it away. Well. The Melita people in Germany, once they realized that there was going to be a worldwide um, a scarcity of face masks, said, we can do this because ergonomically, the Melita filter, this is, not, this is just by accident or by the grace of God. It fits over the mouth and the nose very easily. So they've been using a, a, a little modified version of the Melita filter. They put some rubber bands on it and you're good to go. Melita Filter, since March, they've made 10 million masks, enough to take care of all their employees and all their retirees. And now the remaining 9 million masks are sitting in a warehouse waiting to be certified by the government to go out into Germany. 
the German school. That is amazing. Good yeah. for Melita. Yeah, yeah. And so they said, you know, wow. they talked about at one point, you know, years ago, you know, we can make face masks, you know, and right. there was never really any great need for them. Now all sure. of a sudden they're like, we got a brand new business. This right. day forward, we're going to have a separate line going. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is ingenuity. And when you're talking about like mechanical production, nobody does it better than the Germans. You got that right. Yeah. So enjoy your cup of coffee and keep yourself safe. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. It's for the five o'clock hour. We got a big one. Rod Dreyer's with us in a few minutes. Stick around for that. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, is warning Congress and the nation of what he calls really serious consequences of suffering, death, and deeper economic damage if state and local officials lift stay-at-home orders too quickly. A shutdown on Broadway has been extended again at least until early September. Although an exact date for performances to resume has yet to be determined, Broadway producers are now offering refunds and exchanges for tickets purchased for shows through September 6th. Consumer prices fell eight-tenths percent in April, with the declines led by a huge drop in gasoline prices and in sectors most affected by shutdowns. An afternoon slump on Wall Street gained momentum in the last hour of trading. The Dow fell 457 points today. The Nasdaq was down 189. This is SRN News. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURG to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURG to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURG. Where is yours made? Hey folks, this is Kathy Emmons. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family. And one thing we're enjoying right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus as written in the Bible really happen? The results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. 
Your teeth can't remote into the office or remain socially distant, and dental emergencies won't wait to flatten the curve. The good news? While Stock Family Dentistry remains closed for routine care, they are open for emergencies, going above and beyond the norm to provide a safe, sanitary environment, pre-screening, and seeing only one patient in the office at a time. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. Spilled your pina colada? Uh, Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker and is two times more absorbent than the leading ordinary brand. So you can get back to getting caught in the rain. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Coming clear and cold tonight, low 35. Sunshine tomorrow, not as cool in the afternoon, high 61. Tomorrow night, increasing cloudiness, low 44. Thursday, rather cloudy with a few showers. It will be milder, high Thursday, 70. Friday, cloudy with a couple of showers, high 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The 5 o'clock hour of the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, as we said earlier, Kathy, now the sun is somewhat out. We have yes. reached the low point of the cold that has surrounded us since October. I sure hope so. We're headed upwards, huh? Oh, my gosh. I am so desperate to be able to wear something other than this blanket around me (laughs) and my heavy-duty sweatshirt at night. It's just getting ridiculous. Like Whistler's mother. Oh, my gosh. I can't stand it. Yeah. Anyway, warm weather. So uh, would you call yourself in this pandemic uh, a hoarder? No. No. You did not go out and buy a 50-pound bag of potatoes? No. No, no sides of beef, none of that. No. And you're faring how? Well, okay, good. I'm trying to, I, I, I've shared before, to use what I have in my house, to mm. use my pantry, to empty my freezer, to try to go shopping as little as possible and use right. what I have in my house. Yeah, that's, that's very wise. <laughs> that's well, what I'm uh, going for. Uh, the New York Times is talking about people who have, at the beginning of the pandemic, went out in a flurry and bought everything they could have possibly bought. Right. Like, 50 pound bags of potatoes. Well, that's you know dumb. that um, the that, uh, canned soup sales rose 63% in the month of March. Really? And it's almost impossible to find canned soup on the shelves now. I got to tell you, I dislike canned soup. Oh, I don't mind canned soup. Mm-mm. No, once no. in a while. Like no. you know, when you're at the station and you want a quick, inexpensive no. lunch. I I'm just don't like it. No, I know it makes me sound like all snooty and whatever, but it's so easy to make soup. Soup is one of the easiest things you could possibly make. Yeah, my wife makes soup all the time. Yeah, but, so you it's, know, just, it's still, just better. But I hey, mean, give me like, you know. like if you don't, if you don't like to cook or you don't, you know, whatever. I'm not yeah. trying to pick on you for eating canned soup. No, I'm not. I'm not saying you're snooty or anything. I'm not saying that at all. Right? Okay, but I, I do wonder about those people who have gone out and bought fifty pound bags of flour and they live right. alone. What, well, I mean, how many loaves of bread can you make? No, that's true. But I think you have to figure out what you 
like you, it's not that you can't buy anything in bulk. You just can't buy everything in bulk. I think, I think <laughs> right. that's the trick, right? So yeah. we know that there are certain things that, that our family in particular eats a lot of. And so I have bought multiple, you know, like I have 40 pounds of rice in my 40 house. pounds. I have 40 pounds of rice. How many, how many pounds do you think you've used since, uh, since you've been under probably only rest? 10. 10 pounds. Okay. Probably only 10. So, right, I mean, well, so- I have a lot, I have a lot of rice, but I buy it in big bags because it's so much cheaper that way. And right. I like my friends at Sam Bach on Penn Avenue in the strip district and I buy my stuff there. So yep. I, we have a lot of that, but you can't 50 pounds of potatoes are going to go bad. Yeah. You think so? You can't pounds. do that. You know what Especially I mean? Especially if you're living by yourself or it's just you and your husband, right? Yeah. 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 And the whole, you know, I really tried to avoid the toilet paper thing. I thought I said, my husband and I talked about it. We we're like, we are not going to go out and go crazy. We're just mm. not going to do that. It just, it, it make, it, it jacks up anxiety in other people. It jacks right. up anxiety in us and it takes away from people that don't have the money to go buy three months worth. So just right. buy what you need and come back and, you know, pray the, you're going to have more next time. I'm just, well, I'm just not doing that. My ace in the hole, of course, whenever I look in my uh, TP closet and I go, oh, I've got six rolls left. I always think of Mike Duffy because Mike went out and bought 60 right. rolls. I don't need to buy any because I know I Mike think, Duffy. I think I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'll push comes yeah, to shove. Really I'm sitting right over the Duffy household and borrow a few. That's all, right? right? Now, Mike, do, you be- do you belong? Oh, am I interrupting a conversation no, no, you guys fine. are about to have amongst yourselves? <laughs> about a TP conversation. No, yeah. it's not that sacred. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So let me ask you, John, are you the kind of person or are you a member of a family that shops at like a big box, like a Costco, a Sam's Club, any of those? Here's the deal. It's one of my deeply held desires in life to belong to Costco. <laughs> wow. It's like a dream. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, but you know what? Like all dreams, most of them don't come true. That dream has been crushed many a year ago under it? the heel of my wife's delicate foot. She's not going to do it. No. Nope. Huh. Okay. Nope. We're not All even right, going there. We, we've had that discussion. That, I will say it's not that expensive to do that. But, but here's no, the thing. She says, I don't have, need a pound. You know, I don't need a side of beef. Right. I'm not gonna, so you, you have know. to decide if it's worth it for you. That's she what looks you have at me to and decide. She goes, hey, you little Mr. Tubby, I'm not going to go there and buy like, you know, you know, 55 baked goods all in one container to bring home for you to feast on. So she's trying I, to help me, I think. I've just written down Mr. Tubby. On my uh, notes for today. Um, Okay. Here's the thing though, John, I, you know, we've been a member of Sam's club for a very long time Mm -hmm. and I feel not to make you feel worse since this is one of your dreams, but I do feel, you know, we go probably once a month and we get the same six things. Really? Like what? Give me me the same six things. So we always get toilet paper Mm -hmm. and paper towels Mm -hmm. and olive oil Mm -hmm. and frozen fruit and canned beans and dry roasted peanuts and kale and baby lettuce. Those are eight things. Those are the things we pretty much get every single month. And you buy those in like gigantic portions because that's how you have to buy them. Well, I mean, it's not that gigantic. Like the, like the, a box of lettuce is the same size box that you'd get at Giant Eagle okay. or another raccoons or shop and save wherever you would choose to shop. Right. So that's about the same size. Um, but like the frozen fruit is just comes in a bigger thing. My husband um, makes a giant shake every day and has for, Smoothie. I don't know, a decade or something. And so he mm-hmm. goes through a lot of frozen fruit and buying it there is just way, 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 way cheaper. Mm-hmm. Same with 
our paper goods. So anyway, right. and olive oil, I use a lot of olive oil. And so I get it there anyway. So, but you have to decide, I'm not going to go and buy 50 pounds of potatoes because how am I going to eat all that? I'm not right. going to eat all that. And then it's going to rot and you're going to waste your money and then you're going to hate yourself. Yeah. I mean, there are, believe me, there are many times I go down to Costco and I stand around like, and I go, Hey, yeah, uh, can I go in? Can I just, you know, can you sneak me in? And you know, no, people are not going to let you in. Mike, do you belong to one of those places? No, but I, I want to as well. I See, want to is that well. a dream for you guys? You too, yeah, how about Mike, Mike and yeah. I join together Let's on do the it. same? I'm down. You, could be is, a it, family. is it 50 bucks? 50 I think bucks so. For, yeah. The card? Yeah. I think it might Mike? be 40 at Sam's Club. It's probably 40 we, now. There better be, be a discount. Duffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? John Duffy John just Duffy. joined Costco. At 25 bucks each, we're good to go. 50 pounds okay? of potatoes. Here we come. Yeah, I'll split it up in the parking lot. Listen, you guys can establish your own family. People establish whatever family they want. But then I'll have to tell my wife, like, I'll come home with, like, you know, 25 pounds of potatoes, 25 pounds of nuts, and I'll go, "Uh, uh, someone gave this to me at work. Um, They don't want them anymore. You're not going to do that because you're not going to buy that many potatoes because that would be dumb. It's a donation. But you might want to buy your vitamins there, and then you feel good about yourself. You know, I don't take vitamins. You don't take any vitamins? Nope. Mike, he doesn't take any vitamins. You You need to, man. what? What Shit. is it? What? I need, I have I poor I blood? Vit- I need some Geritol or something? I take <laughs> vitamins every day. I don't think so. I think I'm how, fine. How's your vitamin D? I'm still here, aren't I? Well, but how, when's the last time you did your vitamin D checked? It's very low for most people. Who's checking my vitamin D? What do I need? Well, hopefully D? a doctor. Well, what do I need? What, what am I? What, what am I supposed to eat that I get vitamin D? Well, no, vitamin D is what you're going to get from sunlight. That's why. That's why people in Pittsburgh are so uh, poor in it. I think I'm okay. That's why I have to take I – I take copious amounts of vitamin D because mine's so low. Sorry, yeah. right, John. I'll give you the like 25 pounds of potatoes. We can split that up, and then I'll get mm. you some vitamins, okay? Some centrums. I want, yeah. I want some senior vitamins. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I I'll, t- give you some, I'll give you some of my fish oil. Fish oil. That's fine. And okay. I want some essential oils from Mike. I'll be so slippery my wife will never see me. Boom. He's flying down the road. Last time we saw him, he was standing outside of Costco. Not anymore. Watch out. Coming up next, Rod Dreher, Senior Editor at the American Conservative. We're going to talk about why evangelical churches are more likely to be fighting back against the restrictions placed on them by the government right now than Orthodox or Catholic churches. So more on that next in today's Ride Home. WORD. So, yeah, things are a little weird right now. So at Word FM, we offer a little bit of normalcy to your life. Inspiration will not be canceled. Conversations will not be canceled. The good news of Jesus will not be canceled. Hope will not be canceled. Use your smart speaker to stay connected. That's a smart choice. 101.5 WORD. Always open for encouragement. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. 
copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496, and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496, Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? Don't say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate at WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. It's easier to change the world than you think. Sponsor a child in extreme poverty with Compassion International, and you will change the world for that child. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 to sponsor right now. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. John, one of the weird things about this uh, COVID experience, and, and may I say that everything is weird about it, but one of the things in particular, just looking at it from a church perspective that I've noticed is that I have not been able to anticipate how different groups react. In fact, some groups have reacted in ways that I didn't expect. Like, for example, the um, the denominations like the Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church that rely on uh, and have a higher view of the Eucharist, right, um, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. Um, they have gone along, seemingly, at least from what I read on social media, Twitter and Facebook, with whatever regulations have been imposed upon them by whatever state they live in, okay? Yeah. Now, the evangelical churches, which don't believe mostly, and I would say, well, let's say no evangelical church, for the most part, believes in uh, in the Eucharist as in the same way that the Orthodox or Catholic brothers and sisters do. And yet they're the ones that are all up in arms. Like, we got to get back to church. We got to do this. I, you know, I dare you to come into my church and shut us down because God could do anything. Right. I think, wow, that's like, that's, I guess, in some ways, not what I would have expected, except that it seems like evangelicals in America right now are so jacked about everything. They're willing to like, you know, have a fight on social media or in real life wherever. 
whatever. I don't know. Uh, Rod Dreher has been thinking about a lot of these same questions. We're always happy to have Rod on the show. Rod, a senior editor at the American Conservative, author of a bunch of books that John and I really love. In particular, my favorite, How Dante Can Save Your Life, the most recent being The Benedict Option, a strategy for Christians in a post-Christian nation. Rod, welcome back. It's great to be back. I hope you guys are doing okay in COVID time. Yes. We are. We are, Rod, uh, sort of holding our own, which is a good thing. I, quite honestly, you know, as we're on the air every day, Kath and I uh, are busier than ever. Uh, our, our time has become much more scarce. And, and I just wonder, you know, just as a sidebar, you as a writer and especially as your work with the American Conservative, do you feel you're busier than ever? You know, there's so much news now. It's hard to stay on top of all of it. And it's especially hard when there's so much conflicting news out there and people's passions are so high, like, like Kathy said. I, I tell you, it's not just on the evangelical side, Kathy, but uh, the stuff on social media that's going around from Catholics and Orthodox is enough to really make you depressed sometimes. Mm-hmm. My, my mm-hmm. wife is on Facebook, and she said that she feels like she wants to get off of it because she's sick and tired of seeing people she knows and loves going at each other so viciously. It's horrible. Yes. It's horrible. Okay, what so about, we just what what about what I said, Rod, about the the um, the Eucharist? I mean, th- things that I could never have predicted before this started have it's just happened in in different ways than I ever thought. Yeah, it's really strange, isn't it? There's a an article out today by a law professor, Mark Mosesian, who studies religion in America, and he he's himself Armenian Orthodox, and he thought like you did, like you said a second ago, that, you know, the Orthodox and the Catholic churches ought to have been really in their fighting, or he would have expected them to be fighting because of our our ecclesiology and our sacramental theology. hasn't worked out that way. And uh, he theorizes that it could be because Orthodox and Catholic churches have a greater, longer history of working with states, uh, Mm -hmm. with, with the king or the czar, that sort of thing, than Protestants do. But I'm not sure how much that really explains about Americans, because deep down, whether we're Orthodox, Evangelical, or Catholic, we've all been raised and acculturated by American popular culture, which is pretty libertarian. I got a really good response today from one of the readers of my blog. He's a, uh, an Evangelical seminarian in England, a young man named Reese Laverty. And he says it's like this, that the reasons Evangelicals have been so much angrier and willing to go to court over over church closing is because a lot of evangelical pastors are terrified of losing their flocks. You know, they, they try in normal times, he says, and again, he's a pastor in training. He said, we try in normal times to keep our, our people coming to church. We feel like we're, we're afraid that we're going to lose their attention. They're going to go to some other church or maybe even stay home. This is ramped up a thousand times greater when you can't see people in the flesh. And for all you know, if they're watching you at home, listen to your sermons, that's great. But maybe they're checking their phone, or maybe they're not mm-hmm. even listening to you at all. That is part of the thing that concerns this young evangelical pastor in training. And uh, he said, too, and I think this is true, that Orthodox and Catholics believe that even if we aren't there in the church to receive the Eucharist, that the Eucharist still happens, that the church isn't going anywhere. He said evangelicals don't necessarily have that same sort of reassurance about their church. 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so then the premise of, which I think is unique, I think, to a lot of uh, Presbyterians or evangelicals, as you say, is the idea of church shopping, right? So if I don't necessarily follow along or I don't like that choir, I'm going to go to another church down the street. And now if the church is absent for a long time, when I come back, my allegiance is not necessarily centered on that church where, you know, um, perhaps an Orthodox Christian or a Catholic Christian could go, listen, I'm with this denomination. I'm with the Orthodox Church no matter what. And maybe in some ways there's only one small church in my neighborhood or in my town. I'm going to stay there. That's totally what it's like for my my family and me here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. There's one Orthodox Church in town, and there's no other church for us to go to. So we're going to stick with this mm-hmm. church no matter what. Now, you know, I was a Catholic for many years, as uh, as you guys both know, because I've been on your show before. And church shopping was a big thing, even for Catholics. Uh, if you didn't like what was going on at your own parish, you thought the pastor was too liberal or too conservative, it was nothing for Catholics to pick up and go find another, another church. So that's not just a Protestant thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, Rod, in this COVID tide, what does God want us to learn from this particular suffering that we're in right now? Wow, you know, that's... That is exactly the right attitude to have, John. What does God want us to learn? I think that the thing that's kept me from being too upset about what's happening now, even though I desperately want to get back to church, I want my city to get back to normal, I want people to go back to work, but the thing that's kept me calm is the work I've done over the past year in reporting on this new book I have coming out in the fall. It's a book about what we Christians in America have to learn from the experience of Christians who survived communism, Soviet Mm -hmm. bloc communism. And I went over there, did a lot of reporting in Russia and the former Eastern Bloc countries. The thing I found over and over when I interviewed Christians who had been through the gulag, who had been tortured for their faith, was that when they went into prison, they made a decision that this is something they were going to welcome as best they could as something God wanted them to go through so they could learn from it, so they could deepen their trust in Him, so they could learn how to love other people more. And uh, that's how they got through it. I, uh, one man I write about, he died in the, uh, the 90s, uh, Dr. Sylvester Kirchmary. He was a Slovak physician, young Catholic man who was a pillar of the underground church in that country. And uh, when they picked him up and put him in prison, he talks about being in the car with the secret police and laughing at them because he had prepared himself to believe that there was nothing more beautiful, as he puts it, than to suffer for Christ. And uh, when he got into into the prison, they tortured him, they beat him, but he said he had to tell himself over and over again, I am God's probe. I am here Mm -hmm. because the Lord wants me to learn something. I need to throw myself on the sea of faith like Peter did when he stepped out of the boat to walk on water. That's how he got through it. I think this is so important for all of us, whatever our station in life is, whatever our church is, all of us who are believers in Christ need to have that kind of spirit as we approach COVID. Yeah. Rod, I was just reading this morning in First Peter, if you suffer, I love this verse so much. First of all, it's so beautifully, it's so lyrical, but the truth of it is so profound. If you suffer for being a Christian, praise God that you bear that name. And I think, boy, oh, does that give you a different perspective on it, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And, you know, I, when I was talking to these people over there in all these different countries and 
this one man I think about in Russia, Alexander Okorodnikov, he was one of the late dissidents. He was put in prison in 1978. His face is partially paralyzed from the beatings he took for the gospel. But uh, all of them had to make their minds up not to hate their persecutors, to take our Lord seriously when he said, bless those who persecute you. Mm. Just yesterday, I was finishing up the manuscript of this book to send to my editor, and I came across this quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great Soviet dissident, who said in his book, The Gulag Archipelago, bless you, prison, bless you, prison. And he said that because it was in prison that he first came to know the Lord, and in prison that he first came to, to be aware of the goodness inside himself, as well as the, the reality of evil. He hadn't known that before. Oh, that's mm. fabulous. So Rod, here we are. So n- none of us could have imagined, Rod, even in January, that in May we would be months into some sort of total lockdown. So I guess it's not hard to imagine what we're doing right now in some ways, if we would take this seriously, that we're training in some way for perhaps future persecution. And by doing this, we could come out of this stronger. Oh, I really believe you're right about that, John. I I try to think that maybe this is a mercy, a severe mercy the Lord is sending us to help us think about what it would be like to lose our religious freedom permanently. What would we do? How would we keep from losing our faith and losing our minds? I firmly believe that we need to take advantage right now as Christians of what the Lord is allowing us to see and to feel and experience and start planning for what a future that we hope never comes, but we can't be, uh, we can't be confident that it won't come. You know, one of the things I learned in doing this research too is that uh, the worst thing you can do is to think that it can't happen in your country. Solzhenitsyn said that all over the West, people think what happened in Russia couldn't happen here. Guess what? It can. And I don't want to scare people, but this has been, this COVID thing, I think in some ways has been a dry run for a future persecution. Rod, before you leave us, um, you did so much traveling as you were preparing and meeting people and doing interviews for your book. And I, I followed you on social media. It looks like you had a lot of really good food. And I was jealous many times. Um, I want you to tell us about some of your favorite places you went to. Did you, and, and what was the best thing that you had? <laughs> So glad you asked. I, uh, I think probably the best place I went to in Eastern Europe for food was in Poland. Uh, and see, I really like potatoes and cabbage and things like that. Yeah. And uh, I had last summer in Poland a cold beet soup. It was like borscht, but it was creamy and cold and tangy with sour cream in it. And it was one of the most wonderful things I've ever had. But I, the thing that, that delights me is to go into people's homes. I went to the home of this Russian family in Moscow. Uh, they didn't have much money. But they were all Christians, invited me to sit around their table. They gave me something to drink called kvass, K-V-A-S-S. It's like bread soda. It was horrible. It was so bad, but this is what Russians drink. And it just, <laughs> the, as much as I dislike this, this drink, just to be there with these people and to hear yeah. their stories about how they made it through through communism, it just was such Aww. a privilege. Fabulous. Well, plus, it's easier on the system than the vodka. Yes. <laughs> that it is. That it is for sure. Right. So, Rod, uh, your new book releases in the fall, you said, in the title? September 29th. It's called Live Not By Lies, which is the la- the title of the final essay that Solzhenitsyn uh, delivered to the Soviet people just before they kicked him out of the country in 1974. 
And his idea is that we might have to we might have to live under oppression, but we don't have to let oppression live inside of us. So the book will be full of practical stories for American Christians to learn from our brothers and sisters who suffered true deprivation and persecution. Fabulous. Rod, thanks for being with us. We always appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. You've got to be safe. Thank you. You as well. Rod Dreyer, do yourself a favor. Check out the American Conservative online and read one of Rod Dreyer's books while you have some downtime. Uh-huh. The Little Way of Ruthie Lemming. We loved read How Dante, Dante Can, can, save, can save, your save Your Life. I loved and the it. Benedict loved option. it. Rod Dreyer, D-R-E-H-E-R. Rod Dreyer. Take a break. Come back. Hey, listen, weather's going to change here in a few minutes. Uh, it's good to get on your bike once again. We'll talk about the booming bike sales of bike shops all across the city. Stick around for that. So I don't know if you saw this, but there was just this big study about anxiety among us. Really interesting in this study about what can keep us up at night. One of the top stressors out of all the things to worry about is paying for health care. A huge majority of us say we're worried about that. It's totally understandable. But there's an affordable alternative to health insurance. It's MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and it has worked beautifully for more than 25 years. And not only do people save lots of money, they get access to a huge network of doctors. They get to take advantage of 24-7 live access online where they can talk to a doctor and even get prescriptions. And of course, there is the savings. With MediShare, the typical family saves $500 a month. That can help you sleep easier, too. There's a lot to love about it. No wonder it's grown so much. Here is the number to find out more. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. With all that is going on today regarding the coronavirus, City Mission needs you now more than ever. City Mission has taken precautions to protect its vulnerable resident population. You can help. Any donations you believe will help during this time are greatly appreciated to continue to serve both City Mission residents and our community and keep City Mission doors open. For all the details, please visit citymission.org and please join City Mission in prayer to get through these challenging times. Right now, home sweet home has never been sweeter. Our homes are more important than ever and finding people we trust to take care of them is just as important. For over 20 years, Home Advisor has been connecting homeowners with trusted local plumbers, electricians, roofers, and more. And now we're making it easier than ever for great pros to join the Home Advisor network. For a limited time, home service businesses can get $200 in free advertising. Visit homeadvisor.com slash offer 200 for details. That's homeadvisor.com slash offer 200. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. 
Coming clear and cold tonight, low 35. Sunshine tomorrow, not as cool in the afternoon, high 61. Tomorrow night, increasing cloudiness, low 44. Thursday, rather cloudy with a few showers. It will be milder, high Thursday, 70. Friday, cloudy with a couple of showers, high 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. It is time to get outside. Finally, finally, finally. Not right now. Not right well, this gonna break. Not this minute. But, it's freezing you know, cold. That's right. now. it's uh, 535. But seriously, within the next couple of days, temperatures are going to zoom into unforeseen 70s and in maybe 80 degrees by the weekend. Great. So if you've been thinking about your bicycle somewhere in your basement or your shed that is cobweb and flat tired, now's a great time to do it. Mm. And we saw a piece in the, the PG from Bob Batts Jr. And he says that bike shops are booming as the pandemic rolls on. And even in the cold weather, they are so, so busy. So, Kath, now might be a good time for you to get your bike out. Isn't that exciting? I love it so much. Wow. Okay. okay. So, you know, I, I think I've shared this before. I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was 40. That's okay. Better mm-hmm. late than never, right? Yeah. I, I didn't learn when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I learned and remember that, you know, I spent a lot of time uh-huh. getting it. Right. And because I especially had trouble with one thing. Right. The, the right turning, turn. The right turn. The right turn. So for a long time, you just rode your bike and made left turns. No. <laughs> Early on, I realized that that was going to be crippling. So I should probably, <laughs> you know, right. establish some baseline skills. Yeah. And so I did that. But it took me a long time to feel good about turning right. To, yeah, to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now last year, you told me you didn't ride a bike at all. I remember I that last summer. This year, though, right? Are you going to get on your bike? I feel good about it. I'm very yeah. excited. Here's the thing, though, is since I we I sold my old car, I missed, I don't have a, a um, bike hitch rack. anymore. So I don't mm-hmm. have a bike rack. That's so that. I can only ride in my neighborhood. And I don't live in a good biking neighborhood. I no, live in a could, good walking neighborhood with lots of hills, but it's not great for biking. No, all you do with that bike of yours is if you want to go someplace else, just take the front wheel off and slide it in the back of that that SUV of yours. You got plenty of room back there. Well, I don't know how to take the front tire oh, off it's so my easy. bike. Seriously, your husband knows how to do that if you okay. don't know how to do it. To, to literally take you like 30 seconds to learn how to do that. It's super oh, easy. I never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Well, then why did they make bike racks? Uh, ease. I mean, there was a time whenever, you know, we, we never had a bike rack. We had four bikes on, stacked on top of each other in the back of the station wagon. I mean, really? that was, and then to untangle those, or you get the pedal in the, in the back spokes, you had to get that, lift that thing up and drag it out. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ease of a bike rack, you know, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. You make it work. So you're not going to buy me a bike rack. You're not saying, well, <laughs> no, Kat, well your, birthday, your birthday's coming up. I was really thinking no. about surprising you. No, no. In the neighborhood you live in, the, the streets are pretty flat, aren't they? No. Is it, it's not a good biking neighborhood? Big hills. Big yeah, hills. Mine, mine, yeah, we have big hills as well, right? Yeah. So you want to get like on the trails or go someplace where it's flat. Yeah, I used to love to do the north side trail. That mm-hmm. was my favorite one, you know, from Millvale all the way down to the point. I've yeah. done the south side trail a hundred times. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I biked with Mike Tomlin one day. Did I ever tell you about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't tell me about it. I think you kind of gloated about it. Okay. Well, you know, he and I biked. We you know, biked together. Very nice. Did he remember? Mm-hmm. You think he remembers that? You'd see him. Uh, you hey, I mean, Mike. He might not. I mean, he was going one way. I was going another. Right. And I saw him and he saw me and I said, hello. And he said, hello. And that was it. That was, that was it. 
So you really didn't bike together. You just yes, kinda... we did. That's exactly what we did. We biked together. Yeah, all right. I'm <laughs> sort of pushing the boundaries of John, truthfulness, I believe. Just because you're the... jealous. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, put your helmet on, Kath. This weekend. Okay. Great. I mean, you know, well, here's the deal. Put that helmet on because your hair is already funky. So you might as well just go out on a bike ride. Exactly. Who cares? It's, it looks it's good so today, far... Kath. Thanks. It's so far gone at this point, John. It's is your so is your uh, your hairdresser opening up? Oh, no. Hmm. No, because hairdressers are not allowed to open up. Oh, that's not on the, the governor. List. Oh, nope. Okay. Nope. Right. No. So I'm going to, so my hair is just going to keep getting longer looks good. and longer, longer. And it's going to get weird colors. And I don't care what y'all think. How about ponytails? Yeah, I'll do a ponytail. Why not? Okay. How mm-hmm. about those? What do they call like on the side there? Like the height of pigtails. Things. Pigtails. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> that's silly. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Good pigtails, you know? All right. Yeah. I'm trying to maintain some kind of professional outlook, John. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, the bottom line is, at least for us right now, is get on your bike, get go down there, and clean it up, get those it. tires filled up, and put a little grease on the chain. You're good to go. All right. Wonderful. Yes. All right. Take a break. Yes, I think we okay. should take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about where we are spiritually weak and how this pandemic is revealing the stuff we didn't want to know. One hundred one point five W O R D. This week from Chuck Swindoll, a message on resolving conflicts within the family. I've never known anyone who became better for holding on to bitterness. If I could get on my knees to convince you, I would plead with you to forgive. Or to seek the forgiveness of one you have injured. Listen weekdays to Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need. Featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-515-1771. That's 800-515-1771. 800-515-1771. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. The man, the yellow man. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit ServiceMasterOfGreaterPGH.com to download yours today. 
Looking for a new job? Coast to Coast Career Fairs and Word FM are hosting a free virtual job fair Wednesday through Friday, May 20th through the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Attend this virtual job fair from anywhere online. It's free for job seekers and open to the public. Connect virtually with dozens of good employers who are hiring in the Pittsburgh area. Virtual interviews available for a variety of positions. Wednesday, May 20th to Friday, May 22nd. Pre-register at c2cjobfairs.com. c2cjobfairs.com. Sponsored by Word FM. One of the things I've been doing a lot of thinking about is what church might look like once we reopen here in Pennsylvania. I, I've worked at a church for a long time. And of course, those of us who work at churches, this is like kind of at the forefront, trying to reimagine or get a little bit ahead so you can make some sort of plan sure. of what it's going to look like. The problem is none of us know anything. <laughs> and so every time you make a plan, you feel like you have to go back and revise the plan. And then you think, why did I waste time making the plan in the first place? But uh, be that as it may, I think it is worth thinking thinking about what a gathering might look like under yellow or under, I'm not sure if there's something that the, that the governor is going to make between yellow and green. I don't think um, so. Okay. So, so, then, so, so, yellow, so yellow means that there's no groups of larger than 25. So we might not meet for church for another year. For a, for a long time. Right. I mean, right? can you imagine that? No, I can't imagine that. Here's something else I can't imagine. And of course, this is hard for me what? because I do um, church music. In Germany, they are reopening slowly as we are here in America. And there was an excellent piece in Christianity Today about an evangelical church in Berlin and what it was going to look like once they reopen, which is going to be this weekend. The first thing they have to do is to call and make a reservation. They have to say, hey, this is, you know, Jim and Marge, and we're going to be there on Sunday Um, because they need to limit how many people are in the sanctuary. And they've gone around and measured where people are going to sit. So they're appropriately social distanced. But the other thing is no singing. And I mean, no singing. No singing. I no singing. Here's the, prob- Here's the problem with singing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the choir rehearsal in the Seattle area was yeah. in sometime in March. There were maybe 60 people at the choir rehearsal, like 48 of them ended up with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Two of them have died. Multiple people have been hospitalized. And it's just that you put, you have to, if you're singing well, put out so much air while you're doing it. Right. Um, they said, in the article in CT, that it's actually more detrimental. You can put out more droplets singing than you can coughing. Well, of course. I mean, especially, you know, if you enjoy singing, right? And you're right. Or if thick- you, listen, if you do it well, you got to, that's, yeah. how, that's how it works. You're singing full-throated, right? All that, yeah. oh, there's an explosion there continuously. Right. So you got so, a room um, full of people doing that. How's that right. going to work? Right. So so it's not just the fact that the people who are leading singing up front are have to be far away from you. It's the fact that you can't be that close to the dude who's right in front of you right. in the pew or right behind you. And I can't, John, okay. I can't get my head around that. So I, I imagine this, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some, some variety of this. Imagine church like at Flagstaff Hill in Oakland. Yeah. Right. There's a gigantic, it's almost amphitheater-like. Right. And, you know, people on a hill and you, you know, you're outside and you're, you're standing, you know, within two arms lengths of other people, you could fit 500 people in there maybe. Yeah. And on then Flagstaff da- Hill. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd have to have one heck of a sound system. 
Well, look, I mean, they, they do movies there on a regular basis. They do, you know, plays there, you know. Yeah, I guess so you're it's right. Not, it's not without the norm that they couldn't do this. I guess you're right. I, I would just imagine. I mean, I can't imagine. That's a long time. Can you imagine know. they're not being church for? Time. I don't know. If, if you're someone who goes to a church and you're anxious to get back, let me just ask you to pray for the people who are in leadership at your church, because it is very difficult for us to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you want to do the best for, for everybody who is an attender or a member of your church. And with all the different, um, categories that people fall into like young or old or sick or not sick or what i mean it's just this virus makes normal things normal bits of physical kindness and gentleness now dangerous it's just it's it's an unsettling time so years ago i i was uh, fortunate to be in russia and met people who were worshiping during the reign of the Soviet Union. Mm. And and they talked about how precious it was to gather together secretly once in a while. They didn't even have worship on a regular basis. And they brought out behind this, I'll never forget this, that we were like in, in, in an outside area, and a guy reached down into an old tree stump, literally a hollow tree stump, and pulled out in a metal box a Bible. Really? About, you know, this was the most precious thing that anybody could have, you know, in this area, this Bible. So I would imagine in some way we're going to emotionally revert to something like that. We're not going to meet yeah. on a regular basis, especially in person. So how precious is worship going to be for us? And how different? I mean, I know that I sing. And so it's obviously I, I link those two up, but worship and singing. Together, together, they go hand in hand. No matter right? what, no. I mean, you've you've traveled a lot around the world. Can, is there any culture that you've been in that you've worshipped in where singing no. wasn't a part of it? No, Me one neither. of the greatest services I was ever in. Uh, I was in uh, the Philippines, and the night before, we slept on a you know um, a straw sort of uh, gathering where there were pigs and chickens below us, and woke up at four o'clock in the morning, and we sang with people. You know, we sang some of the hymns, and they mm-hmm. sang in Filipino. We sang in English, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's central to the church, right? It's yeah. it's as central to the church as the Bible is in many ways. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I think it's going to require a lot of mercy and patience and kindness as we have these conversations with each mm-hmm. other. Um, you know, especially for people who are who want to show up on Sunday and are frustrated with their church leaders, you know, all I can tell you is pray for them because right. it's just a comp, it's a complicated time and okay. you're weighing a lot of things. So Kath, okay, so in this yellow phase that we're going to enter into in, in on Friday, right? The, the governor has said 25 people can gather. So then what does that mean for churches? Then do the churches decide, okay, we're going to have an in-person service and so we're going to have a church lottery or we're going to assign or there's an alphabetical rotation. Mm -hmm. Any of those things. Some people excluded from church service because they don't have transportation or because what there's a whole different, another sort of fairness structure in place. Right. And a fairness structure shouldn't have anything to do with who comes to church or not. That's why, that's why this virus is, as I said, so unsettling. (sighs) 
Yeah, but 25 or less. And, you know, if you have ever been to a church service as a congregant and you think about the different people, your pastor, whoever's doing music or playing an instrument or greeting or handing you a bulletin or doing communion, listen, I bet there's more than 25 people that got together and helped your service happen. So you, that's not, I mean, obviously you can't go with that model or you don't have any congregants. Right. Okay, but if you're so going to have, if you're going to have, you know, 23 congregants, you got two people running a service that can be, I mean, some services you couldn't be able to pull that off. Right. So, so then my model earlier of talking about, you know, Flagstaff Hill or, you know, for the larger churches, the mega churches, I mean, their parking lots are the size of Yankee stadium. Right. That would, so that would be that helpful. Allowable? So yeah. Well, but you, if you can't gather with more than 25 people, right. I guess it's not allowable. No. It doesn't matter how big your space is. Well, two or more gather in my I name. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I really enjoyed the online church experience. John, you said you have over the last couple months. Yeah, it's fine. Think, it's fine. Yeah. But it also leaves you absent as well, that, doesn't it? I mean, it's fine. But it's not real church. No. It isn't. Well, no, it is real not. church. It is I mean, real church. It's just yeah, different. To the church. definition of the law, it's real church. But, you know, there's so many layers of complexity and beauty and intimacy and social that you're missing as well. No, I know. I know. Mike, have you been watching church? And what's that experience been like mm-hmm. for you guys? Do you do it with, I mean, Dr. Jay's four years old. It's not like, or is he three years old? He's three. Yeah. We've been watching um, every Sunday. Um, okay. What's that been like for you guys? Uh, it's. I mean, we enjoy it. Um, it's an opportunity, obviously, to, to worship um, but we do miss the fellowship act of it. Um, yeah. And that's that's a big piece for us because Alicia and I are both extroverts, uh, my wife, and we just need yeah. that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, here's another thing, Mike. I was telling you about that Christianity Today article about the evangelical church opening in Berlin. Um, so they're not having any singing whatsoever. You have to sign up before you're able to come in, and the service is shorter. It's only 40 minutes, and no hanging around afterward at all. Like you have to look. You've got to be out the door. Really? Wow. So then you're thinking, oh, gosh, like so many of the heart elements yeah. are missing mm-hmm. but now yeah. a lot of churches are doing these uh these drive-in uh drive-in uh services yeah you go in park your car uh right. you tune into uh, a, a, yeah. a specific station but i it's still i mean <laughs> it's just still weird I mean, I mean i guess there's there's some type of fellowship aspect to that but at the same time, I mean, there's no right. close face-to-face one-on-one time. No. Well, like at our church, you know, when you come in in the morning, y'all go, the halls are here, and then I'll press the heart button, and the heart floats up. <laughs> oh, and John, do you love that? Isn't that pathetic? It's so sad. Do you yeah. love that? How about, what if you like said to someone, what if you said to someone, you know, you go to church with, I really miss the fellowship, and they go, yeah, we don't really miss your fellowship that much. I yeah, we're we good. You're right? <laughs> we're actually happier as we are, some more than others. Yeah, exactly. We're good, John. Yeah, you know, we don't mind the heart floating up. You just stay right. where you are. No, we liked your heart floating up. We felt good about it. <laughs> I'll take a break. Come back. The closest we felt to you in the last decade. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> okay. 
Has humor and freedom of speech been smothered to the point of no return? From the creators of No Safe Spaces comes the Facebook Live event, Not Allowed to Laugh, Free Speech, and the Death of Comedy, hosted by Eric Metaxas, with the stars of No Safe Spaces, Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager, with special guests, comedian Kareth Foster, Wednesday, May 13th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, a lively hour-long conversation about the state of comedy and free speech today, and the challenges of making the movie No Safe Spaces. To be a part of this event, please follow No Safe Spaces on Facebook. Questions for Eric, Dennis, and Adam can be asked on Facebook using hashtag No Safe Spaces. Don't miss Not Allowed to Laugh, Free Speech, and the Death of Comedy. May 13th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the No Safe Spaces Facebook page. A safe space for laughter and free speech. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at marleyfg.com. Car shop from your couch with cars.com. It's never been so easy. Connect with dealers to tour cars virtually. Search great prices. And yes, they feature cars ready for home delivery. With over 4 million new and used cars, cars.com has your match. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Throughout these uh, COVID time, Kath and I have been reading scripture out loud, and uh, we love it. You know, we've talked about this. There's something that's beautiful. There's something that's powerful about it. We would encourage you to do so as well, whether it's individually or around the dinner table, but to sit and to read God's word. It is transformative for one thing, but to say it out loud, it takes it to someplace else. So we've been doing this every day. Let's uh, let's continue on today, Kath. This is First Peter 5, 5 through 11. You who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Don't you love that? Isn't that, that is good? It's a great encouragement. I love Isn't it so that much. Good, and I love all the stand firm at the end, and after yeah. a little while, and Boom. you'll be restored. But don't forget that starts with be humble. Yeah, be yeah. humble. How about uh, after you have suffered for a little while? I mean, yeah, to, to live this life is to suffer. Yeah, almost continually, right? Especially for yep. you know some people, especially that now, falls them, and so to suffer for a little while, but someday we will be yep. with the Lord in heaven, and that's a great encouragement. Strong, firm, and steadfast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we're up and live on Facebook, uh, streaming there daily. One hundred one point five Word FM on Facebook, or the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook. Check us out. Uh, of course, we always love your and continued presence on terrestrial radio as well here at uh, Word FM and uh, AM seven thirty. Kath, any big plans? Oh, hey, so school's Yo, out. Grove City today is over. Yes, right? my, my daughter has now conquered junior year, and Very so we're nice. celebrating with a takeout tonight and a little comedy special. Oh, very nice. Okay, mm-hmm. a little celebration. The school year's over. Mm-hmm. Hey, have a great night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Be well. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.